0: Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Again, to recognize all of our veterans. I know that uh, Andy did a great job at the beginning of the service. But, you know, I think you deserve dual recognition. So let's give all our veterans again a hand. Thank you for your service. You know, we, uh, we don't live in a perfect country, but we do serve a perfect God who is blessing. Listen, he is still blessing our imperfect country. Amen? Praise God. And uh, it's a blessing to live in the United States of America uh, in spite of our difficulties and flaws and all of that. There is still a remnant, actually a very large remnant, of God's people in this nation that are praying for greater things. Amen? Amen. So we thank God for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to this service and and, uh, being here with you. Uh, Pastor Poole is preaching out of town this morning, uh, but I am uh, looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. I'm trying to get my technology up here. There we go. I've called this, we're going to receive communion together uh, in a bit this morning, and I've called this a meal to remember. And uh, I was remembering a, a number of memorable meals that I've had in my lifetime. Uh, a number of them, uh, really memorable good meals, great meals, have been cooked by my wife, Cindy. Right on. <laughs> Shameless attempt to score points with her. But, But, you know, I've also had some uh, memorable meals that were memorable because they were so horrible. None of them cooked by my wife, Cindy. (laughs) Actually, one of the worst meals that I ever had in my life was uh, in Ghana, Africa, Ghana's a nation on the west coast of Africa. <clears throat> I was part of a team back in the, the uh, mid-later uh, 80s or something like that. And we had gone in uh, to, uh, to Accra, the capital city, and at, it's still uh, kind of a rough uh, uh, nation and, and stuff, but the mot- motel we stayed in was really crummy. Now, when I say crummy motel, you take the worst hotel that you've stayed at here in the state and multiply it by about ten thousand. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was no it was, uh, lights were on off power on off uh, the the cafe at the hotel. Uh, we already knew going in that it wasn't going to be great to eat at, and so we had packaged in our own. Uh, food, uh, uh, meals ready to eat, you know, that kind of thing, in pouches, and we would boil water, stick the pouch in, but what we had carried in was was limited because we had a limited variety of stuff, so it was like uh, beef stew, uh, Salisbury steaks, that kind of thing, gravy mixture, you know, and so we were there for a good week and a half anyway, and after a week and a half, you know, your taste buds just begin to scream for something else. And so one of the guys on our team, this guy had a cast iron stomach, and in the cafe, he had ordered chicken several times, roasted chicken, and came out, and I, I'd watch him, you know, and I, after he finished eating, I was just waiting for him to swell up and die, you know? <clears throat> but he ate it like three times, and he didn't have a problem at all, and so the last day we were getting ready to fly out that afternoon, and so I ordered the roasted chicken, yeah. And so it came and it looked great. You know, it was all nice and skin was cooked and it cooked well. And so I started tearing in that chicken, thinking, man, it's good, good chicken. And as I tore into this chicken, there was a chicken breast. And as I kind of opened it up, I looked in and I thought, wow, that's, that's really odd. They have, they have stuffed this chicken with, with chopped up green beans. And then as I tore it open more, I realized, that's not chopped up green beans. That's like green nodules growing inside this chicken. And so I lived, obviously. And truthfully, I didn't get... I got sick, but not horribly sick. It was kind of an interesting flight going into Amsterdam and then from Amsterdam back home. But, but I, I survived it, but I never forgot that. And the moral of that story is, in a cafe in Accra, Ghana, Africa, do not order the chicken. <laughs> it was an unforgettable meal. Now, the text that we're going to read this morning refers to the best meal ever served. And I say that not because of how tasty it was, uh, but because of what it represented. Jesus said it was a meal to remember. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, speaking of this in verse 23 through 25, Paul the Apostle is writing about that Last Supper And he said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do, or do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. See, the communion meal is to remind us of all that Jesus accomplished for us through his suffering. And tonight I know that probably most all of us understand this point, and that is uh, that it was for more than just forgiveness. Now, thank God, uh, through Jesus' suffering, his death uh, for us, he paid the price for our forgiveness. Can somebody shout, yes? But his suffering was for more than just our forgiveness though that is the most important. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, "...now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." Now, what the Bible tells us is that we are all triune beings— That's just a fancy way of saying we are three in one. All of us, each of us, uh, have three parts. We are all spirit, soul, and body. And Jesus came and he suffered to restore every part of us, spirit, soul, and body. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5, God's word prophesies of Jesus' coming, and we are living today in the fulfillment of these two verses. Thank God, and listen to what the Word of God says. Talking about Jesus who was to come, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. What this is talking about is his payment for our spirit. Our forgiveness or that spiritual healing came uh, because uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, he was uh, stricken. And so that was for our spirit. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. This was uh, the suffering that he bore for our soul, for our Emotional healing or our emotional well being. Somebody said, Thank God. And by His stripes we are healed. This is talking about our physical bodies that Jesus suffered uh, so that you and I could experience and receive physical healing. Now, the bread that we are going to eat uh, after a few minutes, and when I say few, that's a relative term. The bread we're going to eat after a bit uh, represents Jesus' body. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, meaning the bread, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus' body was broken for our healing, uh, for our bodies, See, he didn't suffer just for our forgiveness, uh, though he did. Uh, He suffered so you and I could receive healing in our bodies. When I was a young pastor, God dealt with me about praying for the sick in our services. In that first church that I pastored, that was in Winslow, Arizona. I started pastoring this upcoming uh, New Year's Eve Will be 40 years of ministry starting that, that New Year's Eve some 40 years ago in Winslow. Uh, and so, over that period of time, uh, God, I've seen God do tremendous things and seen great miracles and uh, God touching and healing the sick. But starting out in ministry, I, I was lacking uh, some self confidence. And really what that was was lacking in God confidence uh, and wrestled with questions like, you know, what if I pray for people and they don't get healed? Right. You know? Uh, what, if, what if these folks, uh, this small church that I'm pastoring, what if they realize I'm not God's man of faith and power for the hour? You know, there's a little self over-self-consciousness there. And so God began to deal with me. And this was one of the great revelations he gave me back in those early days. And that is, it is not my responsibility right, right. to heal the sick. That right, right. I cannot, in my own will or nature or desire, heal the sick. It's not my responsibility to do the healing. My responsibility is to believe God, who, Jesus, who is the healer, and then pray that prayer of faith over the sick, uh, and then let God do what God does. It's His job to heal. So the the first healing or uh, prayer that I did in that church, after I'd preached uh, one night, I had uh, people that that, uh, had a need in their physical body uh, to lift their hands if they needed God to touch them, and then I had them pray for themselves as I prayed for them from the pulpit, and so I was feeling and sensing the presence of God and prayed for people. And, and after we got finished praying, I said, so is there anybody here that you know already? You've, you, you had a pain uh, that was there that's gone. Or, or there's some other way that you, something, uh, there was a growth that's not there anymore. Or something like that. You, you know already that you've been healed. Would you lift your hand? And nobody raised their hand. And so I, I felt uh, it, it was kind of a bummer for me, but I, but I really did. I sensed the spirit of God, and again, wasn't my my. Uh, it's not my responsibility to heal. I just pray and pray, believing, right? Amen. But I did say, I said, you know, uh, there may be those of you here. You may need to test yourself out, or it may take a day or so, or several days before you really know that you have been healed. And when you do have that evidence testify, let somebody know uh, what's happened to you. And so we closed the service out. After the service, we went to a restaurant. I was sitting there with a number of the people in our church uh, drinking coffee afterwards, and this young woman in our church uh, came running up, and she goes, Pastor, Pastor, look, and she throws her shoulders back like that. And I go, okay, you know. Don't really know how you run, want me to respond to that, you know. And she goes, No, Pat. She started laughing because she realized the way it looked. She goes, You don't understand. I couldn't do that before. She said, I have had uh, scoliosis, curvature of the spine. And I just went into the ladies room with, with one of the other women in our church. And she said, I was able to pin my shoulders straight back uh, against the wall, stand perfectly straight. She said, and I'd never noticed it, but she said, I always had a slight limp uh, when I walked because of this uh, curvature of the spine. But she says, you know what? God healed me tonight and straightened my spine. And I'm not limping. I'm able to do things I never was able to do before. Thank God. And I learned an important lesson that night, and that is if we will simply believe that Jesus paid the price for our healing and then we'll act on it, we'll see more things happen. I want more God things to happen, don't you? In Isaiah 53, verse 4, again, it says that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. When this word is used here in Isaiah 53 verse 4, griefs, he's talking and it's referring to something more than just our heartaches, those things that make us sad, those uh, things that have crushed us or broken our hearts. And Jesus did die and suffered and shed his blood so that we could have those things dealt with but the word griefs here could be more literally translated. Strong's Hebrew dictionary says it means literally sickness and disease. So this could be very uh, easily and more accurately read, surely he has borne our sickness and disease. Now in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17, uh, Matthew is quoting about Jesus, Isaiah 53, and he says in Matthew 8:17 that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses the meaning of Isaiah 53 and verses 4 and 5 are so important that it's also repeated again and referred to in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And so this morning, the communion meal that we are about to serve half of it represents Jesus's body that was broken for our healing our healing of our physical bodies and also of our soul now our soul is our mind our will and emotions anybody besides me ever needed God to touch you in your mind or your emotions (laughs) the Bible tells us about a guy in uh, the Gospels uh, that had some emotional and mental issues. He had been nicknamed Legion because he had so many issues. This guy lived out in the tombs at night. He'd cut himself with rocks. He'd be wailing out in the tombs at night, terrorized his community. Uh, They put chains on him, tried to bind him up with chains, but he'd break the chains, you know. I was thinking about it. He was like the Incredible Hulk without the green skin. (laughs) Ran around naked and that. And so, but listen, one encounter with Jesus Christ was all it took. And it refers in Mark 5, verse 15, after Jesus had dealt with him, gotten him delivered we see this man sitting and clothed and in his right mind isn't that incredible now you and i we come to church and you're here this morning you are sitting and you are clothed thank god clothes are good tell yourself clothes are good especially in church you know i mean But I was thinking, you know, we shouldn't settle for just two of the three, sitting, clothed, but we need to contend for that, what the Bible says, right mind. And I say that this morning because there have been times that I've been in church in the past where I was sitting, I was clothed, but I wasn't necessarily in my right mind. Maybe I was worried about something that was going on at that time in my life or, or I was afraid about something that could happen or I was dealing with some of my own insecurities uh, and so I was sitting and clothed but not necessarily in my right mind. Anybody ever been to church like that before? Jesus really wants to help us when we feel that way. And this is why Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says, "...the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed." And if a guy as troubled as Legion can find peace, then this morning, surely you and I can find the peace that Jesus came to pay the price for. When I was a kid growing up, I wrestled with anxiety most of my life. Uh, I, I suffered from depression a lot of my years in in my early childhood and even up through my teenage years until I got saved when I was 19. Uh, you, I had a good family life. My parents were both loving parents. I had two sisters. I've, I've told people my one of my sisters loved me. The other one kind of tolerated me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we fought like cats and dogs, but we had a good family life growing up and. And, and all of that, but you know, the devil was trying to destroy me. And because of that, he was using anxiety and depression. And through my childhood and teenage years, I wrestled. And most of the time, my stomach was in knots. Uh, in my teenage years, I self-medicated, if you know what I mean, to help me deal with that. I hardly ever went out on a date in high, junior high, high school. Well, mostly high school without uh, being a little uh, off, you know. <laughs> because I didn't feel like I could be myself without some aid, whether it's smoking pot or, or drinking or something like that. And I dealt with this anxiety and this depression. But when I got saved, Jesus set me free. Now, I'm not saying that over the last 44 years I've never worried about anything or I've never been troubled about something or I've never been sad or even uh, had a momentary bout of depression because over the years I have had that hit my life at times but I have realized something and it's something that I contend for in my life and that is that I do not need to live my life in a constant state of anxiety or a constant state of depression because Jesus bore strength for my soul and for my emotions, for my mind, for us. Can you say amen? And so we're going to pray in a moment over the bread and believe God for healing of our minds, our emotions, our physical body. The bread was broken to show us a semblance of Jesus's body that was broken for our healing. The cup that we're going to Share together in a moment, and when I say share together, you'll each have your own individual cup. I say that because one time, one time in Mozambique, we had a common cup and it was really rough, uh, area and everything. So, everybody's going to drink out of the common cup. (laughs) I got a confession to make, my lips were the first ones on the cup (laughs) 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 for that communion service. I'm weird. Okay. <laughs> the cup represents Jesus' blood that was shed for us. It says in First Corinthians 11, verse 25 again, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus, in serving communion, was serving a meal to bring remembrance, a memorable meal. Oh, he was making a memory, wasn't he? he And that's what communion's all about, is Jesus making a memory and us bringing to, calling to mind what he has done for us, making a memory. All of us have had things in our life that made a memory. And I had in my family growing up, I... uh, I had something I was thinking about that really did, did. my dad did something that made a memory. Uh, I know that this may be shocking to a few of you here this morning, but when I was a kid growing up, I uh, did some things every once in a while that that I, got me in trouble. <laughs> I wasn't a perfect child. Yeah, I, I know. Actually, I could be a little demon sometimes. My, I can show you a family picture that my oldest sister, the one I used to... A fight with, there was a family drawing that she did of our whole family. It had my mom and dad. They looked fine. I had my other sister, Meg. She looked fine. And my sister, Laura, the oldest one, she looked fine. And then she drew a picture of me. Oh. Listen, she drew horns and a, a pointy tail out of me. Wow. I know. Go figure. Wow. She had problems. Right on. <clears throat> But anyway, right, getting back to the story, this, this one time when I was about five years old, I had done something, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but I'd gotten in trouble. My dad had disciplined me, probably used a belt on me. And, you uh, know, back then, we you know, I, you know, I got, got whipped when I did something wrong. Well, this time I just decided I didn't like it. And I told him. I did. I said, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't like that, and uh, you, know, I'm, you know what, I'm going to run away from home. Okay. Okay. And so my dad looks at me, and he says, well, son, he said, this is the way it's going to be, and he says, if that's what you got to do, we'll miss you. Right. Right. I was like, come on. So I decided to call his bluff. I walked to the door, opened the door, stepped through, slammed the door, walked down the steps, down our driveway, stopped at the end of the driveway, looked left, looked right, checking for traffic, crossed the street, sat down on the curb, and looked back at our house, fuming. I ran away from home. Show them. Show my dad. I ran away from home. Hmm. Ran all the way across the street. (laughs) But then time began to pass. Time passed. And I don't know how long it was. It felt like an eternity. But finally, the door opened and my dad comes out and I thought, you know, all right. And I thought, you know, he's going to come up and say, all right, son. He says, "Uh, you proved your point. Come on home. And so he comes walking up to me, and you know what he said? He said, son, it's kind of getting late. And if you're going to find another house to live in, don't you think you better start? Now I'm kind of freaking. I'm only five years old. I'm a little kid. Somebody call CPS, you know. Oh, my God. And so I go, well, yeah, I guess. And he says, come on, I'll walk with you. And so we began to walk around the block. And my dad would look, point out a house. And he says, you want me to go up there and ask them if you can stay with them? And I go, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. And we walk a little further. And he pointed another house and did that several times. And finally, we rounded the block. And this is a true story. This is real, the way that it really did come down. We rounded the block. And by now, I kind of had broken down, and I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad, I'm sorry. Can I come home? And my dad was not given to uh, extreme acts of emotion, but that day, he did. And he let out a... Woo, like that and he reached down and grabbed me by the hands and he began to swing me up in the air up and down <laughs> my legs are, are string out behind me he's stringing around in the air like a crazy man I thought oh my gosh he's lost his mind but it sure felt good Amen. and I knew how much I meant to my dad Amen. and you know what he made a memory that day. Yes, thank you. What Jesus was doing at the Last Supper when he served that first communion is he was making a memory. Wow. He said, This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And what he was doing it was he was telling us, Don't forget what I did to bring you home. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates. This was a demonstration of God's own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this morning, there's not a one of us here today that should ever question how valuable we are to God. Now, I say that because I know that there are times in our lives, maybe it's because of stuff we're going through, or maybe it's because of stuff that other people have done to us, and we've experienced some heartache in our life, or we're going through something, and we may wonder at times, God, uh, do you love me? God, do you really care? And you and I have a reminder in this cup this morning that we should never, ever forget God's love the price that he paid to show us and prove to us that love and it was by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ we should never wonder we should never question first Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19 says for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Can somebody say, Thank you, Jesus? Our worth to God this morning isn't measured in how successful we are. It isn't measured in how much money we make or the popularity that we have with others. Our worth to God isn't measured in how good-looking we are. I do the best I can with what I got, but I'm glad this morning that my worth to God isn't measured in how incredibly good-looking I am or not. Our worth to him isn't even measured on how good we are, how well we behave. Listen this morning. Our worth is measured in what Jesus paid to bring us home. And that was his own blood that was shed and God showed, proved, demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Jesus died for us. Say for me. This cup is a reminder of how much we mean to him. It's also a reminder of how much we, how much he means to us, isn't it? You know, uh, I told you it's been uh, 40 years in ministry this New Year's Eve, 44 years in February of, of living for God. And I cannot tell you how many times I've been in communion services like this where I've received communion or I've been the part of where I served communion and received communion with God's people. It's been countless times over the years in various places in the nation and, and throughout the world, but almost every time, practically every time that I receive communion, it moves me deeply. Yes. And today I'm not saying that this is all about an emotional thing because uh, emotions come and go and but, but our remembrance, of what God has done for us is so important. I was so messed up when I got saved. I, I was literally despairing of life. I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. I was only 19 years old, but then somebody come, came to me and told me that Jesus could work a miracle in my life, and he did. And for each and every one of us, maybe you weren't that low when you got saved, but for all of us who have asked Christ to come into our life, He did something that is so unique to us, so personal. The ones closest to us, my wife is the closest person to me in this life, and, and, and as well as Cindy Nolan, she knows, she knows she got a pretty good read on me, I can tell you, but as, as well as she knows me, she will never know the depths of what Jesus has done or how that impacts me deep inside me. No one will ever, we can testify, we can tell them, we can share stories about what Jesus has done for us, but no one besides us and God Will ever truly know how deeply Amen. his love has impacted so us. Isn't that true? Yes. <laughs> something very personal between us and God. And this communion that we're about to receive together is something where we remember. We remember two things how much we mean to God, and then also how much he means to us. Amen. Can you say that's right? That's Let's bow our heads this this morning <clears throat> before the ushers are going to go ahead and come at this time and they're going to get ready to to serve us communion but as as everyone's uh in an attitude of prayer right now with your head bowed and your eye closed, uh, I want to pray for forgiveness and <clears throat> Maybe you've come to the service, and, and the only requirement to receive communion is that we are born again, that we've asked Jesus to come into our lives and forgive us. So if you're visiting with us and wonder if you can share or be a part of this, that's the only requirement, that you've asked Jesus to come into your life, uh, and he has forgiven you of your sins. And we do that by a simple prayer. And today, as no one's looking around, maybe you've never gotten saved, or maybe you've been far from home. But you you've said today in this place, you say, you know what? I'm coming home to Jesus. I'm coming by. I remember what he did for me to, and what the price that he paid to bring me home. And you're here across this building, no one looking around. You've never been saved or maybe you've been away from God for a time. You want to be included in this prayer of forgiveness. No one looking around for a moment. You just slip your hand up and say, yes, would you remember me in this prayer for forgiveness? God bless you. <coughs> God bless you. Amen. I see these hands. God bless you. Honest hearts. God bless you. Amen. I'd like for us all to pray this prayer together. If you just all repeat this out with me, would you? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven. I recognize you did it for me. And I thank you. I receive you. As my Lord and Savior, I receive your forgiveness now that you paid for by the shedding of your blood. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, would you? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The ushers going ahead and pass these cups. If you've never had communion at praise chapel you'll see there's be careful taking it out there's a cup in a cup so take both cups the lower cup has the piece of bread in it the top has the juice and so just go ahead and and take that if you will hold it uh, we're going to receive communion together as soon as everyone has been served it's so important that we as we are a part of this service Remember, remember what Jesus has done for each of us individually. And I'm so grateful and thankful, aren't you? His body was broken so that we could receive healing. I'm going to read again Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. says, The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. There are those that have come this morning and things have been troubling you. Maybe there have been a lot of things and some horrendous things competing with that peace of God that has been promised through Christ. And so I say that this morning not to make anybody feel guilty. I'm not going to make uh, add guilt to uh, something of unrest that you've been going through. But I say that to say this. All of us go through times, and I do myself, at times where my peace is being contended with or struck against by circumstances that I go through in life, we go through in life, or people, or whatever it is. And my statement to us again this morning is we do not need to live our lives in a constant state of anxiety. Jesus paid too great a price for our peace. And so if you've been experiencing that, it's been, you know, long term, I want to encourage you today as we receive the semblance of his body broken, let's believe God together for peace to be restored, amen, and contended for. If you've been suffering and going through depression, depression is a is a horrendous thing to go through. And today... Jesus paid the price so that we could be released. And again, I'm not saying that we don't all go through those temporary bouts and times or maybe a temporary season because of the loss of a loved one or something like that, but it should not define our lives. Depression need not, as children of God, define our lives. And if we've been suffering something physically, In our bodies all of us at times have have to contend for the promise that Jesus made when he made the promise to heal us and by his stripes we are healed and so I want to encourage us together we're going to receive the bread in a moment together we're gonna believe God for peace of mind a banishment of depression breaking the power of depression and healing uh, in whatever area that uh, that is, uh, pain to be gone, sickness to be gone, stomach hassles to be gone, back problems, uh, pain to be gone, uh, growth to be gone, big, small, whatever we call big or small, whatever it is, when we don't feel good, it's bad, amen? We're going to believe God together for healing to flow. Now, has everyone been served that would like to be, and if you have not yet been, and and need somebody to come to you with the cups if you hold your hand up where we can see it everybody's been served praise god god bless you i want you to hold that piece of bread and as you do as we do i want us to remember the price jesus paid for our healing for our emotions for our mind for our body and we're gonna pray together before we receive and I want you to pray this prayer with me would you just repeat this out Jesus thank you for allowing your body to be broken for me thank you for taking my sickness and as I eat this bread I remember that by your stripes I am healed in my body, in my mind, and in my emotions. In your name, the name of Jesus, amen. Let's receive together. Now, I just want to pray over us right now, if I could. Lord, right now, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Lord, for our healing and today. Uh, we agree together, and I speak healing in the sick bodies. I take authority over pain and command it to go, growths or tumors uh, uh, to be diminished safely in Jesus' name for heart problems, for uh, liver disease, God, for kidney disease, for every ailment uh, physically, God, for healing to flow right now, physical healing to flow. Through the stripes of Jesus Christ Lord we take authority and dominion over those things competing against our peace and bring them down beneath the mighty name of Jesus and through your stripes we receive healing for our minds healing for our troubled emotions depression you must go in Jesus name thank you Lord for being the Lord who heals us we praise you we thank you in Jesus wonderful name and everybody shouted amen we're going to receive the cup and again I want to remind you this cup is our reminder of how much we mean to God not a person here we should never question God do you love God do you care that's what the cup reminds us he couldn't do anything else more to prove to us his care and love could he and so this shows and is a reminder of us how much we mean to god aren't you glad for that (laughs) i sense that in this place again god just putting his arms around us showing us how much he loves us how much he cares for us but it's also a reminder of how much he means to us (laughs) Uh, He's our best friend. He, he has forgiven us. He touches us he provides for us. He gives us promise of life now and that more abundant and we don't have to worry about what happens to us when we check out of this life. There's a day that's coming that we are going to leave this life whether whether by death or by rapture and today, you and I can have the assurance, should have the assurance and confidence uh, that we're going to leave this world behind and go to a better place. A place prepared for us by the master carpenter. Better place. What a life. What a life. God promised that He'll never leave us, never forsake us. What a life. What a God. What a wonderful Savior. Can you say amen? We're going to pray over the cup now. And I'd, I'd like for you to just repeat this prayer out with me. Let's pray this out loud. Jesus, thank you for proving your love for me by the shedding of your blood. I will not forget how much you love and care for me. And I want you to know how thankful I am that you are in my life. Thank you for changing me, for forgiving me, for giving me life. I praise you for the shedding of your blood for me. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's drink together. Now, if, if I could just get you to put the cups down, let's all stand to our feet. And, you know, I just think we could make a little noise, don't you? Let's thank God for what he's done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for proving how much you love us, care for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus who you are to us hallelujah thank you jesus let me just pray over you our prayer team is going to be up here at the at the end of the service to pray for you individually but i just want to pray over us just as we as we get ready to leave lord we thank you for this remembrance thank you for all that you have done for us and all you are to us lord and today as we dismiss and we go our ways we go with you we don't we don't have to pray and say God go with us because you promise to go with us we thank you that as we leave you are going with us in us through us God and cause us to make a difference in the world that's around us God we do pray for our nation we pray for an outpouring of your presence and Holy Spirit throughout our nation and Lord use us to be those to touch other people, to change the fabric of our society, our community, and even our nation, God. Here we are, send us. We thank you, we praise you for who you are. Thank you for your love, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. If we could ask one more favor, pick up those cups. buy you there. There'll be some garbage cans back there. Prayer team is up here in the front to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't